Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Welcome back to the last hour of Wes and Walker. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. As always, and as we're going to be discussing for still quite a bit of time, we're going to be looking at the number one overall pick for the Carolina Panthers. Who could it be? Also, Frank Reich's start with the Carolina Panthers franchise based off what he's been able to accomplish in the past. Who better to bring on and help us talk about that than Stephen Holder of ESPN on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Follow him on Twitter, by the way, at Holder Stephen. Stephen, we really appreciate the time, man. How are you? I'm doing, excuse me, doing well. How are you? No, you're good. We appreciate the time. We're doing very well. Still trying to figure out who this number one pick is going to be. Now, you yeah. did put out a tweet. And it was after Jordan Reed released his seven-round mock draft, which is ridiculous. That work is amazing, by the way, from Jordan Reed. But you said, quote, totally agree with Jordan Reed on his top four picks in this mock draft. This is also how I believe it will end up. That mock draft did have Carolina selecting C.J. Stroud. Stephen, why do you think Carolina is going to select C.J. Stroud right now? Well, I, I know Frank Reich very, very well. And I know how he thinks. I know I use quarterbacks. And, you know, you kind of come to, to learn what's important to him. And one of the things for him that's, that's certainly um, ideal is he has a type. He definitely has a type, okay? And his type looks like C.J. Stroud, frankly. And, and not that all of this is physical. It's not. I'll get to the rest of it. But that's the first thing. He, he definitely, I mean, Frank was a, was a big quarterback, big, tall guy, looked the part. Uh, played from the pocket as well, right? And that's something that, that C.J. Stroud does. I think that is kind of how his offense is, um, you know, is designed to run. So C.J. Stroud checks a lot of the boxes, you know? I just, I, I, especially when the alternative is a player where size is his biggest question, Bryce Young. That's not to say Bryce Young can't be a fabulous quarterback. We, we just don't know that, but, but I don't know that that's going to prevent him from being a great quarterback. However, I do know that it matters a lot for Frank Wright, that he has a guy who can, who physically uh, looks the part of the quarterback and, and uh, reflects what he wants uh, from that perspective. The other thing is uh, accuracy is really important to him. And I, and I really do think that's another thing that CJ Stroud brings. Not that, Bryce Young does not, uh, but but C.J. Stroud really does throw a beautiful ball. Uh, he's he 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 plays from the pocket as well, and and is a guy who's trying to make his reads and get the ball out. So I just I'm telling you, I, he just strikes me as a Frank Wright quarterback. Uh, for many, many reasons all the way around. Well, and, and I want to talk a little bit more about the stature because, of course, it's one thing comparing him to such an outlier in size like a Bryce yeah. Young and maybe even a Kyler Murray is the only one we can really think of with that kind of size. But Frank Reich clearly has had a type with guys not only being somewhat tall, but they've been 6'3 or taller. Well, why yeah. is it that Frank Reich likes a big quarterback so much more than even maybe even average size QBs at the position? 
it might be really just a, a matter of his preference uh, for his quarterback to play from the pocket. You know, and that's not to say that he, he won't do some things out of the pocket and have some design runs. Uh, he did have some of that with, uh, or did run some of that with, with Andrew Luck, but, but definitely Andrew Luck played more from the pocket in his one year with Frank Reich than I ever saw him in his career. And I was here for all but one year of Andrew Luck's uh, stint in Indianapolis. I never saw him play from the pocket nearly as much as I did in 2018 in Frank Reich's first season, his only season with Frank Reich. So I really think there's, and I think when, when you're talking about playing from the pocket, I think the size really does matter. If you're like, for example, if you're going to, you know, have your quarterback throwing on the run, you know, maybe the size is not quite as important, right? You don't have those big six foot four linemen in front of you. Uh, I think you can maybe adjust and you can work around that um, and, and sort of work in some, some ways to, to achieve success in spite of maybe a lack of size, but that's not really uh, Frank Reich's game. So, yeah, I, I think that's that's probably what it is. I mean, you know, I, I, there may be more to it in his mm-hmm. mind that I'm overlooking, but I think that's a big part of it. Stephen West Bryant here, and you talked about your relationship and how well uh, you know Frank Reich. Judging off the Panthers' uh, moves, a lot of them that they've made, especially offensively, do you feel like you can start to see his fingerprints all over this team already? Yeah, I do think that. I, I think that you know the the Thielen move in particular, I think says something to me. Um, he has, I, I think that he has arguably, you know, not had, um, optimum weapons at that position. And so, and obviously losing a big weapon in the trade, right. That was, that was not something that, that he could just take lying down. So I'm not surprised that, that they made a move like that. You know, I think one of the things that, you know, when you're building a football team, you have a, a head coach and a general manager. I do think that sometimes here in Indianapolis, I do think they saw things differently sometimes. So, for example, Chris Ballard has never really put a lot of investment into the wide receiver position here in Indianapolis. I, I, I think that's just kind of a, a philosophical thing for him. He has drafted some in the second round, but, but certainly hasn't gone out and spent a lot of money at that position. Uh, Frank Reich does like to spread the ball around and, and maybe doesn't need, or in his estimation, doesn't necessarily have to have, you know, um, an upper crust elite level wide receiver. But I do think there were times when, when that position just wasn't up to snuff. So I think that's one example. Um, they definitely are. I think he also has let me put it this way. I think he's learned some lessons from Indianapolis generally uh, and leaving some things to chance. You know, I think as a coach, you, you convince yourself, oh, I can develop this guy. Oh, we can adjust the scheme and get the most out of this guy or that guy. And it sounds good, right, in theory. And in the end, sometimes you get fired. <laughs> it doesn't work, you know. So I, I really think he has learned some lessons. And, and I think he has been much more, it looks from afar, like Frank Reich has been much more vocal about what he needs and, and wants. And then they talked about how, you know, the average quarterback for Reich was around 6'4". And just with his coaching acumen, 
could you see him taking a guy like a Anthony Richardson, feeling like that he can coach him up to become a superstar? We talked about earlier on the show uh, the Jalen Hurts effect, a guy that came out of school labeled as not being able to see the field that well, not having a lot of accuracy, being a one-read-and-run type of guy. Could you see right looking at a guy like Hurts and then looking at a guy like Richardson and saying, this is the type of guy I want to build my offensive round with that kind of potential? I don't think he'd be his first choice, but I mean, I just, I don't anticipate that being the case. However, I do think there, there is something to be said for a a pairing like that. I mean, even Carson Wentz, if you think about it, now I know Carson Wentz did not pan out in the long term, but they did have a lot of success together. He and Frank Reich initially in Philadelphia and Frank Reich is, excuse me, Carson Wentz, at that time in particular, before the ACL injury in particular, he was very much a guy who, who, was, who played with his legs. He really did play with his legs. And I'm not saying that's all there is to Anthony Richardson. I think that's, that's not a fair assessment of, of who he is as a player. But th- his legs are a huge part of his game, right? There's no question about it. And, and you can build some of that into the scheme to take advantage of it. In fact, you'd have to. Otherwise, you're not fully maximizing uh, his skill set. So I do think there's a there's a scenario where Frank Reich could take a player like Anthony Richardson and could make that work. Now, the one thing I would say is he'd have to be sold on the accuracy and the processing. And I think we know more about that from C.J. Stroud's standpoint than we do Anthony Richardson. Th- those are the two areas where we have to figure out where Anthony Richardson is. The reason I bring that up is because if you talk to Frank Reich about what's most important to him in a quarterback, uh, accuracy is probably going to be the first thing that comes out of his mouth. So that would be something that, you know, he'd have to take a close look at and would have to be convinced that there are not accuracy accuracy issues, I should say, uh, with Anthony Richardson. Stephen Holder of ESPN joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Stephen, what did you think of the hire the Panthers made when they decided that Frank Reich was going to be their head coach as soon as you saw that news come across? You know, I liked the hire. I really did. And I will tell you, I, I still firmly believe that there's a really good coach within Frank Reich. I think that circumstances are what they are sometimes. And it's, you know, you've got to rise above circumstances too, right? So it's not like you get a, a pass if things don't go your way, right? You, it's not like you can just lose and, and get a pass for it. No, that's not true. And, and things did really reach, I think, rock bottom last year. There's no doubt about that in Indianapolis. But I'd say this, to, to win as many games as Frank Reich has in Indianapolis with just the kind of quarterback turnover that really only Panthers fans can relate to, (laughs) you know, I think it tells you something, man. It really tells you a lot. There's, and one of the things that I learned this year in talking to him, and even since he was let go in in Indianapolis is just, you know, just, we kind of just rubber stamp. Oh, you know, you just plug the quarterback in and you just do what you always do. I don't think we really appreciate what kind of a heavy list it is, you know, to do it just once, much less four years in a row. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, you've got to, you got to tailor your offense. You've got to figure out what works, what doesn't work. You've got to get aligned with that quarterback and the play caller. I mean, it's, it's not as seamless a process as you think. And in fact, 
this past year with Matt Ryan, the Colts learned that very well. Uh, the, he did not acclimate to their offense at all as, as quickly as they anticipated he would, despite being a really veteran quarterback. It, it just didn't happen. It didn't click the way they thought it might. So anyway, the long answer, but I guess what I'm saying is there was a lot to overcome. And I think one thing you'll see with Frank Reich, if he can duplicate this, is he gets buy-in from guys. It, it didn't carry through last year because the results just weren't there, and that just happened. But he, he gets buy-in, and that's why they've been able to overcome slow starts to the season, et cetera. I mean, he, he really, really gets guys to buy-in. I think he'll do it again. Steven, uh on your Twitter page, you have the piece that you wrote. You followed Anthony Richardson around for a week at the yeah. NFL Combine. What were some of your uh, biggest takeaways from following him? So a couple of things. I, I think really a humble kid, first of all. And I, I love that because I think playing quarterback in the NFL is going to humble you, brother. Okay? Like, it's, <laughs> it's going to be tough. Rookie quarterbacks have a hard time, right? I mean, win or lose, it, it's still humbling at times. So that I think is good. He'll have his head on straight, and and he's going to work. But a, a good example of that, like his his work ethic, I think was this. Uh, if you're familiar with, you know how things work at the Super Bowl. Take Radio Row for example, or just any of the. You, you see a lot of your favorite players, right? When you you roll out to the Super Bowl, um, different events, they're making appearances. Uh, you have these sponsors that roll out the red carpet for you, right? They do that with the top draft picks. All the other quarterbacks. We're out there, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young. Why not, right? Go get wined and dined for a week. Well, Anthony Richardson had the same invite, and he told his trainers down in Jacksonville, no, I'm staying here. I got work to do, and I got to get better. And he said, I'm not going. And he just didn't want to get – he didn't want to have a step back in his, in his pre-combine work. So, you know, look, it's a very small thing, but for a 20-year-old guy – you know, to, to be able to say, no, I'm going to compartmentalize and, and not get off track, I think that has to say something. It has to tell you something. And the other thing I would just say is that uh, I, I think his, his personal story is something that his camp really wants to highlight. And I, I think it's important to do that. Um, you know, he's going to be a guy who I think can really display a lot of character because, you know, he, he hasn't had it easy. You know, his family – has gone through some things. Uh, he's had a lot of responsibility for his younger brother and had to juggle a lot of things in life. I think that, you know, that tells you about the, the guy himself and, and what kind of person he'll be perhaps when adversity hits. Uh, last question before we get you out of here, Stephen. I wanted to ask about the Colts' path at QB. What is the most likely one you think they choose at the quarterback position? And is Lamar Jackson a realistic option for them? So if if the draft board goes the way we were talking earlier, it's, mm -hmm. look, you know, we're all throwing darts at boards there. But the point is, if it goes that way, let's say CJ ends up in Carolina, Bryce to Houston, uh, Arizona goes defense. If if that's the the way it falls, I lean slightly toward the Colts going with Richardson. Uh, the reason for that is, well, number one, I, I do know that they have very uh, sincere interest in him. That I know for a fact. And, the other thing is, I think there's a there's a blueprint with what Shane Sykin, their new head coach, was able to do the past two years with Jalen Hurts uh, working as the play caller in Philadelphia uh, before 
coming over to Indianapolis, I think there's a blueprint there. And it, it may not be something they can duplicate perfectly. I think Jalen Hurts was a, was a much better passer coming out of college, which is not something we, which is something we tend to forget sometimes, right? Jalen Hurts was a very efficient passer uh, in college. So Anthony Richardson doesn't have that. But I do think there are some carryover. And, and frankly, uh, from an elite athlete standpoint, Richardson probably further along than Jalen. So it could be really intriguing. Uh, you asked about Lamar Jackson. What I would say is they are one of maybe one or two teams who have gone on record to say we would consider everything, including Lamar Jackson, and, and talked about it at length, right, and, and how they – they like him and admire him, and he would be a great addition. But there's a there's a big difference, a big gulf between saying that and actually going through with what it would take to get him. I just think with the fourth overall pick staring you in the face, uh, it's a lot to say uh, we're going to forego that and we're going to invest, I don't know, throw, throw out a number, right, $240 million or something. You know, it's just a lot to ask. I don't think they'll, they'll get there. But they have not removed it from the table. It's still, it's still up for discussion. That's great stuff from a man who knows a lot about Frank Reich, the new head coach here in Carolina. That's Stephen Holder on the Body Works Plus guest hotline, ESPN NFL reporter for the Colts as well. You can find him on Twitter, at Holder Stephen. Really appreciate the time, man. Thanks again. All right, guys, you got it. Thanks, Stephen.